0: Welcome to Letters to Women, a podcast that explores the feminine genius. Back in 2016, I graduated um, from Washburn University with a degree in history, and my minor is in women's and gender studies. And so, as you can imagine, the topic of feminism came up quite a bit in those classes, um, that I took for a couple of semesters to complete that minor program. So the topic of feminism has been something that's been on my heart a lot lately, especially when you talk about the intersection of Catholicism and feminism and whether we as Catholic women can call ourselves feminists. And today we're welcoming to the show Samantha Pavlock, who is a Chicago working mom. I met Samantha through a Catholic Bloggers Network group that I'm in on Facebook, and she writes on the website Fem Catholic for Women for the Church, which is just a great website. It's gorgeous. She put it together really well. And it's a blog that really talks about the intersection between feminism and Catholicism. And she also runs on that site a monthly Q&A called Dear Edith, where she... Um, answers questions about living Catholicism out as a woman and talks about questions like, you know, not relating to Mary, is being single a vocation, and things like that. So I'm really excited to have Samantha on the show to talk about Catholicism and feminism. So welcome, Samantha.
1: Thanks, Chloe. I'm so excited to be here and to talk about that stuff too. (laughs) Perfect. Great. So let's
0: just go ahead and jump right in. Can you tell us a little bit about your story? Um, As a Catholic woman, whether you define yourself as a feminist, how you came to that, and coming to your like journey of coming
1: to accept yourself as feminine. Sure. So I was raised Cradle Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, big Catholic family on both sides of my family, and my mom is like a wonderful Catholic stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. um, and my inspiration in so many ways. And growing up, my personality from the get-go was kind of like a modern feminist
2: mm-hmm.
1: just from from the get go um, I was the girl in kindergarten who you know the boys would chase around the playground and I would turn around and be like uh, I'm gonna chase you <laughs> <laughs> and so this was kind of in my blood from the beginning mm-hmm. I don't know where it came from but that's just always been my personality yeah um, and as I got older in high school just the idea of feminism really resonated with me mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily call myself a feminist in high school but I very much believed in everything it promoted like women can do everything men can do Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I really loved the idea of being like part of the boys club Mm -hmm. Uh, so I actually wrote my college essay on this moment where I was at a big family reunion and all these boys were out in this field playing baseball Mm -hmm. and all the girls were off to the side like Hanging out and talking and watching, and I was like, "Heck no! I want to be out there, like with the boys playing baseball." So I just like marched out there and asked them, "Okay, which team can I be at? Like, I'm going to be part of this game." Uh-huh. Um, and so just this very like forceful approach of, "I'm going to do everything a boy can do." Mm. Just, boom! <laughs> <laughs> and part of it I think I also didn't see myself as very girly I was like pretty tall and loud and I I just didn't think of myself as very girly and so as I got older and older you know the idea of feminism really resonated with me mm-hmm. and in college mm-hmm. um, so as mm-hmm. I started dating and like later high school and college I kind of began to come to terms more with my feminine heart okay. I'll call it Um, And the fact that, like, hey, I am really vulnerable in these relationships. I'm Mm -hmm. like, this is scary Mm -hmm. and hard for me. Mm -hmm. And um, around the same time, I was, you know, kind of growing my faith and finding myself in college and stuff. And through a a series of a couple different things, I just started to realize, you know, maybe it's okay to to acknowledge these parts of myself that Mm -hmm. are feminine. Um, and finding Catholic feminism and people like Edith Stein, St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross, Mm -hmm. and JP2's writings, and then a lot of the like modern speakers on these things, it just really helped me open open my eyes to this whole world of feminism and the idea that, hey, you don't have to be a quiet person to be... Like a good Catholic woman. (laughs) Mm, Yep. Um, And the fact that maybe actually femininity has its own strengths that I could tap into that, you know, trying to imitate the boys and be part of the boys club was never going to give me in the same way. So I kind of felt like I had found this new source of power to, like, tap into. Yeah, so that's now that's kind of the journey I'm on is just exploring, like, what is that – that feminine genius. So, and
0: then did, how long have you been running the Femme Catholic website then and blogging about these kind of issues?
1: So I've only been run, the Femme Catholic launched in March because wow. I had, yeah, I had my baby son back in November last okay. year. Um, but it, but it's been in the works for about a year before then I was accepted to this conference called the given conference mm-hmm. that was put on, uh, for Catholic women leaders by the council of major women Superiors, So like all, all the nuns <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the, in the United States and they, they had this amazing conference for 300 women uh, where they had us create an action plan and really reflect on, you know, what are the gifts that you have that you've been given and how can you share those with the world? And I thought, you know, I, I really have a passion for exploring these issues mm-hmm. and I think there are topics that, a, in some way or another, a lot of women have to grapple with, mm-hmm. and and there's a lot of questions still out there, and that's uh, that's why I built out the Dear Edith component because, you know, I don't have all the answers, but I yeah. think together mm-hmm. we can come together and and look at these things and and try to find some answers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: For sure. That's great. That's beautiful to see how much good that that website has done in such a short amount of time. Like it's that's like five months. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. It's, it's been really exciting to see the response and, um, something that I'm not, I think this will be passed by the time the podcast launches, but I'm actually adding a couple of, of writers that I, I want to form a little group and be a little bit of a think tank. Nice. Um, to think about these things and, and get some more writings out there and and we do take submissions too because there are so many different experiences that women have and, yeah in the church yeah. and the world
0: that's so true it's just like living that feminine genius out looks different in everyone's lives so yeah all the different perspectives and getting everyone's vantage points is a really good goal to have for sure yeah
1: and it's really encouraging at least to me like like i said you know, I admire the heck out of my mom, and she was a stay-at-home mom, but now myself as a working mom, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I look for role models yep. of other Catholic moms, and um, it's really encouraging to find people that are in your same just situations in day-to-day life.
0: Yeah. This is kind of tapping back onto your story about just like how you live out Catholicism, but can you talk a little bit more about how Catholicism specifically helps you understand your role as a woman?
1: sure so I think that the big difference between modern or secular feminists mm-hmm. and Catholic feminists I think is that we think the Catholic feminists acknowledge that the body means something
2: mm-hmm.
1: and in today's world I feel like there's a big push to advance women but it's still kind of under this perspective of trying to imitate men
2: and mm-hmm.
1: um, we're still, you know, the focus is still always on trying to give women opportunities that men already have rather than kind of recognizing. And, and we definitely should do that. And, you know, the popes say that. Everybody, everybody agrees. So just to clarify, yeah. those are good things. Um, but I think the thing we're missing is that we're not tapping into all the strengths that women have. And I, you know what? Maybe women aren't naturally either drawn to certain careers or uh, a way of doing business or a way of living their life. Mm -hmm. And I think we should explore why that's really good and, and um, the the feminine genius that women have. So I apologize. Your original question. No, (laughs) You're fine. Uh, I kind of went on a tangent there. (laughs) So like, Things
0: about, like, Catholicism sometimes that may, like, this was, you talked about this recently in A Dear Edith, like, not being able to relate to Mary um, and things like that too, or or other aspects of Catholicism that are definitely very particular to Catholicism. Is there any way that, like, Marian devotions or anything particular to Catholicism has helped you understand, like, what it means to be a woman?
1: I am convinced that, you know, God created man and woman, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. And so, who is going to know what it means to be a woman better than God who designed us. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the real advantage that Catholics have and Catholic feminists have is that we have the insight that our faith gives us about the world and about what it means to be human and Mm -hmm. what it means to be woman. Yes. And Mm -hmm. so um, sometimes I think that needs a little bit more exploring than has been done in the past. So, you know, I think everybody knows that Mary Mm -hmm. is our model right? Yes. And I definitely don't disagree with that. But sometimes the way that Mary is portrayed is just very timid and kind of boring. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't think that she actually was. No, yeah. Um, But we need to do a better job of exploring that. And so, again, that's what I that's part of what I want to do with them Catholic is say, I think that the teachings of the church are true, but the way that they've been communicated or maybe elaborated on in the church so far mm-hmm. are not sufficient yet. You know, like yes, Mary is obedient, but what does it mean to be obedient? Like, yeah, I was listening yeah. uh, to a podcast recently about they were talking about women priests, and and somebody pointed out, you know, everybody in the Catholic Church is obedient to somebody. The priests are obedient to the bishop you know is obedient to the cardinal (laughs) yeah it's a Um, Mm chain. like obedience is is an idea that is pervasive throughout catholicism and it and it should be you know so everybody is called to be obedient and sometimes people i think take these snippets and and feminists will say oh well you know women are oppressed because they're told to be obedient Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think it's important to pull that apart and say and and look at what's really what's really being said um I guess continuing on in terms of the body, I think our faith basically tells us that our bodies mean something that God didn't just say, you know, Hey, I think it'd be super cool to create a man human and a woman human. Like that would be neat. (laughs) You know, sometimes I think we take that for granted. Like God just do that for fun. No. Um, Mm -mm. And so again, what does that mean? But what our faith of theology of the body says is that we have to look at what the body reveals. So woman has this whole space inside of her body where she can house another person. Yeah. Like literally, physically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and that, that says something about our souls and our hearts as well. And I really loved that idea that, um, you know, as a woman, I have a special charisma to invite people into my life and nurture them in a particular way, and to recognize what they need to mm-hmm. grow.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that has nothing to do with whether or not you know I can play baseball like the boys. Yeah, um, which was a really important lesson for me to learn, and it and it's something that again I I have still struggled with and, and grown to learn. So in college, I was an RA, and there were eight of us on the staff and a lot of the other RAs were just these like wonderful, you know, very maternal women. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt out of place. I was like, you know, I, again, I just, all these questions I've always had for myself, like yeah. I'm not as, as maternal or girly, I thought. Um, but the thing that was so beautiful to see as the year went on was that the women that were placed in my sections mm-hmm. that I was in charge of, I think a lot of them really I was able to connect with because of my personality, because they were a little bit more like me. Okay. Um, and so I, I realized, you know, this is not just the stereotypical view of, you know, you have to love baking cookies and I do love baking cookies though, but <laughs> <laughs> you have to, you know, yeah. love baking cookies and sipping tea in order to be like a maternal feminine woman. Like, Our church doesn't say that. Our Mm -hmm. church says that women have this ability to see what the person in a really particular, special way and help them grow into like who they're meant to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that too. Like you don't have to necessarily fit into the box of what we traditionally think of as like women's roles. Like you said, like baking or sewing or anything. Yeah. And how, regardless of, you know, your personality as a woman, like the church still calls you to live out like the beauty of femininity and the beauty of what it means to be a woman. And that doesn't have to look like, you know, every other person's way that they live that out too.
1: Yeah. And, And I think, um, that's part of your, your feminine vocation is, you know, learning, where you are needed and yeah and I think I you know I never recognized these abilities that I had until kind of exploring capitalism which has mm. just only increased my interest in it yeah like, oh wow you know this yeah is, this is showing me things about myself that I had never tapped into before. yep yep that's so neat
0: Um, You've touched on this before a little bit when you were mentioning coming across um, feminism in the Catholic Church. And you talked about John Paul II, um, who is one of my absolute favorite saints. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what his view for what the new feminism looks like and how it's different from what may come to mind when we think of the word feminist? Sure. So
1: John Paul II uses the word new feminism in his document. It's an encyclical. So it's a letter that he wrote uh, to the church and the bishops called Evangelium Vitae Mm -hmm. um, on the dignity of life. And so he's talking about a lot of different things, but in it, he acknowledges that women have have faced a lot of discrimination and oppression. And I think that's important because, you know, he's the Pope. He's a pretty important guy. Yes. And he he probably had a lot of things to say, but he (laughs) took the time to really acknowledge that you know, women have faced a lot of struggle. And I think that's important for women to know that the Pope acknowledged that. Yes. Um, And then he says, you know, we have a call for this new, a new feminism. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason I think he calls it new feminism is that he he says, this shouldn't be in imitation of men. Mm
2: -hmm. And so
1: kind of just the foundation of Catholic feminism, where, yes, we are working to advance women and and make the world equal for men and women and and right these wrongs and the discrimination and oppression that women have faced, Mm -hmm. but it cannot be just in pure imitation of men. We Mm -hmm. have to truly blaze a trail for women. Yes.
0: Yeah. And recognizing that like, it's okay for men and women to be equal, but different. And like recognizing the beauty of like the differences that are there and how, yeah, men and women are called out to live out their vocations differently, just solely based on the fact that it's, there's a difference between masculinity and femininity.
1: Yeah. And and I know that, you know, people, it can be kind of scary because immediately people start thinking about, oh, well. Does that mean all women have to, you know, stay home or something? Mm-hmm. Um, they see it immediately as these boxes, mm-hmm. rather than like a superpower that you can tap into, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, that's why I think it's really important to pull these things apart and say, you know, really, what is our church saying? They're not saying that women can't be, you know, construction workers or something like yeah. that. Um, they're saying that women, and that's why I think the the Pope also uses that word feminine genius Mm -hmm. is that women have these special abilities, uh, that they're called to use in the world for the good of themselves and others and getting us all to heaven. Um, we just have to learn how to to tap into them.
0: Yeah. This is kind of, okay. So I minored in women's and gender studies in college, um, which was a very, yeah, it was a very interesting minor. I, I kind of went into it with that, knowledge of what the church calls for women and the beauty that's offered to women to live out a feminine vocation. Um, And kind of disillusion, like, oh, that's what we're going to talk about. And it ended up being, I went to a a secular college, so it was very much more a secular um, look into feminism. And so at the beginning of every class, like, Not, like, every class, but at the semester. My professor who taught those classes would start the class by saying, you know, can you raise your hand if you consider yourself a feminist? And then at the end of the semester, she would ask the same question and then see, like, how many people's ideals had shifted based on what we had learned throughout the semester, which was really interesting. But at the end of every class, I was always hesitant to raise my hand um, and call myself a feminist and, like, identify with that, only because when I thought of the word feminist, and this had kind of been, like, reiterated throughout this secular class – was that when I thought of the word feminist, it brought up these connotations that didn't line up with, like, my Catholic faith. So, like, um, the pro-choice movement, artificial contraception. And one reason that I had been hesitant to label myself with that is because it felt like I had to put a lot of disclaimers into that. Like, oh, you know, I'm a feminist, I believe men and women are equal, but I don't like think it's abortions okay or i think natural family planning is the better way to go which seem to be like the opposite of what the world told me feminist is so why should catholics call themselves feminist doesn't like our catholic label encompass everything that i agree with with feminism so why should we add feminist to the front of that sorry it's a yeah, loaded that's one <laughs> a great
1: question know that, that's such a great question and it's something that i think a lot of people still face so mm-hmm. You know, the recent women's march, there was the huge controversy over whether or not pro life women, pro life feminists Mm -hmm. were allowed to participate, much less, you know, co sponsor the march. Yeah. Um, And so I think, I don't think, you know, people should be required to call themselves feminists (laughs) by any means. You know, I, I don't think you're necessarily losing anything, but I think the spirit of feminism is important for everyone to, to take on that you know you have particularly feminine gifts Mm -hmm. and and god chose and designed you to be a woman like Mm -hmm. that wasn't a mistake that wasn't an accident Mm -hmm. um so i think personally i'm very passionate about encouraging everybody to explore their own femininity Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. even if it's just bringing it to god in prayer and saying you know hey how should i explore this in my life but what I have found is that using the word feminist does open up a conversation that doesn't always happen.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And we actually just had a post up on them Catholic about this. So if people want more, more details, they can look in there for the hard copy. But, um, but I, when you use the word feminist, what you're communicating is that you are focused on women and you are trying to champion women. Mm -hmm. And so you know, immediately in our world today with, like, media, and I feel like people jump to conclusions so quickly. Oh, yeah. And these conversations are so hard to have um, because you say, you know, the Catholic Church, and there are some people out there who immediately are going to say, oh, anti-woman. Yep, shut down. And so, yeah, and for you to say, oh, I'm actually a Catholic feminist, I think that that peaks a certain level of interest. Like, oh, what does that even mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and And that's also what I want to do is give people more tools and for them to feel confident to say, yeah, I am a Catholic feminist. And here's why the church teachings are good for women and mm-hmm. do support women. And I think the more that we explore, like I said, the, the gifts that women have and we can speak to those, the more convincing will be. Um, Cause right now people immediately think of, oh, well, women can't be priests mm-hmm. or they can't use birth control. Um, so until we start talking about the positive side of being a woman and all the strengths and like superpowers that women have, yeah, I think that's going to make that conversation easier. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we're, we're still on that journey of, you know, articulating all that stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but I think we're heading in the right direction for sure that there's, there's more of that going on. And I, I just think it's a great conversation starter to, to. Cause people to not jump to assumptions
0: so quickly. Yeah, that makes sense. I think too, like you do, like a lot of myth busting in those initial conversations when you're talking about the role of women in the church, because you like, you said, like the first thing that comes up is like, Oh, women are so oppressed. Like they, they can't do what they want. They can't become priests. And, and that just completely sidesteps all the beauty that the Catholic church does offer to women, which we may not be so good at articulating. Um, but that do exist. Like the honor that we show to Mary as a woman, the incredible, like just treasure trove full of, of Catholic women who are saints and who offer like in a huge variety ways to
1: get to sainthood too, for sure. Yeah, and actually, even, like, I saw some article on, uh, I don't know if it was Church Pop or one of those, mm-hmm. you know, Epic pupe um, but it was about how nuns were the, originally, like, the most empowered women. You know, mm-hmm. they were allowed to go and buy land and do, you know, they were allowed yeah. to do these yeah. things that culturally it took our culture longer to give women access to generally, and so mm-hmm. the church has always been about promoting women, I mean, the church is made of a fallen humans, so, yes, you know, yes. it, it's not perfect, mm-hmm. but there have been ways in which the church has really empowered women, and even, actually, uh, virginity, so this is something a lot of people don't know, but in the past, you know, woman's value was always seen in terms of her ability to, like, have kids, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and so the concept of virginity, and especially um, in taking vows of virginity, was actually, somewhat empowering for women which is why you hear about some of these saints like running off to the convent because it was this acknowledgement that you in yourself as just a woman on earth is valuable and you don't have to have physical children in mm-hmm. order to like be valuable in the world mm-hmm. yep. so that's something I think that's kind of a, a fun fact yeah different perspective
0: <laughs> just a different way to, yeah to look at it I never thought of it that way that makes a lot of sense though that's really neat. Um, talking about Catholic feminism and secular feminism, can you you kind of touched on this when you were talking about like how feminism in the Catholic Church is able to appreciate a woman's body and how that's kind of skipped over by secular feminism? But can you talk a little bit about the differences between more of the differences between secular feminism and Catholic feminism?
1: Sure. So I think that that root difference mm-hmm. of you know accepting and embracing the female body versus trying to work around the female body. Mm -hmm. I think that has a lot of ramifications. Mm -hmm. And the the main obvious one is natural family planning versus like birth control. Yes. Um, Because feminists for a long time now have identified that, you know, women need control of their reproductive rights in order to be successful. Mm -hmm. And I, so we have to pick that apart. And I would say, yes, I, I agree. Because what they're saying is they're recognizing that, you know, yeah, when women are just having kids all the time, um, maybe even somewhat against their, their will, if it's just, you know, they're kind of seen as a sexual, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, opportunity for their husband or something, and, and then just kind of having kids that is that really impacts a woman's life mm-hmm. like it 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 is a a a huge ask of her like you know being a mom is not easy being pregnant is not easy mm-hmm. um and especially being successful in worldly terms it, it's not easy mm-hmm. um and you're certainly not free i have learned that very quickly as soon as you have a baby you are not free to even like go to the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> without this little person like crying yep um So, so it does place some certain limits on your freedom, but any relationship with people does. So, um, but anyway, so I think a lot of secular feminists, they say, well, you know, men are able to do all these things and they don't have to worry about this stuff. Mm -hmm. So we have to give women the same ability or they're never going to be able to, you know, be in the world or they're never going to be able to have jobs or uh, be equal. Mm hmm. And that's why secular feminists are so hung on birth control, because they still haven't imagined a world where women and mothers are able to be part of society and have these opportunities. Yep. So Catholic feminists, I think our challenge and our mission needs to be to really create space in our world and change our culture to accommodate motherhood and to accommodate children mm-hmm. um you know living in chicago a big city like there are certain restaurants that are more kid-friendly than others mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and not not that all restaurants have to be kid-friendly or level, but um i do think we need to work on being more accommodating to families and to kids and um I, another important thing i I want to bring up is that natural family planning is not code for have all the babies all the time. Yeah. Um, And so I want to make that very clear because natural family planning is all about discernment and communication and collaboration with your spouse. Yes. And so it brings the man into those conversations about fertility and, and God, and you guys are discerning, you know, does it make sense for us to have another child? Yep. Like mentally, emotionally, physically, and the Pope also tells us to do that. It's really important that we that we talk about it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know dispel the the myths out there. Um, so it's really about discernment and in marriage you are called to be open, obviously, and, and to discern. Mm-hmm. I think I guess to go back to your original question, the a big difference between Catholic feminists and secular feminists is you know, when we embrace the body and say, Hey, this is how the female body works. Mm -hmm. Let's change the world and, and companies and the culture Mm -hmm. to better accommodate women. Truly. Yep. That's going to make real progress for women. Um, And I think it's interesting even, and I see this even in my own company that is, is very progressive in terms of all these different policies. Mm -hmm. Um, But still, for whatever reason, there aren't a lot of people that are moms at a younger age and a lower level because Mm -hmm. um, we've made a lot of advancements in the workplace for women generally, like women that are able to, quote, unquote, function like men. Mm -hmm. But I think there's still a lot of cultural change that needs to happen. Um, And I guess I should clarify, like my company's been great about this, but Mm -hmm. I know other Other companies are not Mm -hmm. all the time, and um, there's a lot of women out there who still need those accommodations. That I think that kind of thing is just a basic human right. Yeah. Yeah, for women, and I think that you know, secular feminists, for all they've done in championing birth control, they have kind of left these problems to be back on the woman because they'll say, well, you know, you can use birth control if you want, and there's all these companies that will even pay for you to freeze your eggs. Or yep. Whatever. But that's not actually empowering women to make choices. That's giving them one option, which is yep. you can freeze your eggs to be successful. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Or put off motherhood. So, or, really or, yeah. You mm-hmm. know, the need for Catholic feminism to acknowledge and help make real progress for women um, and to bring to light what the body teaches us about women's hearts and souls. And again, these like special charisms that women have. hmm I just think will be really empowering for all all women. Um, if we believe that the Catholic faith is the truth, then this is going to be the truth about women too, and and how women can you know have the most impact on the world. Yeah, as well.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I love what you were saying about natural family planning. I had written a piece. Oh, you, I think you'd shared it too through that through your fem Catholic Facebook page about reasons that if you Are pro woman, you can't be pro birth control and or artificial birth control, and how natural family planning, you know, doesn't put all of the decision on the woman where with artificial birth control, whether you're taking the pill or another form, it's usually on a woman, like making sure she takes the pill at the same time every day, making sure her prescriptions are up to date versus, you know, making a decision together with your spouse on family planning. And I love how NFP, at least in my marriage, has been a, a very conscious choice to do this this way. But like we both chart, both Joseph and I chart at the end of the, of the night. We both have regular conversations about what our family will look like. And and what my fertility looks like, and how our fertility as a whole, as a married couple, is going to impact our family. So I think that's like something beautiful that is probably not. I don't know. I've never I've never heard a homily on natural family planning or how it's beautiful for um, a, a Catholic couple to participate in that and appreciation of a woman's body even more so. But yeah, I wish that that was a more regularly discussed topic for sure.
1: Yeah, and it's it's so important because. I think women can easily start to feel like their body is a burden mm-hmm. and to resent their body. And I think so that's something to, to be on the lookout for, because I think the devil really does try to attack women by making them feel ashamed mm-hmm. of, of being a woman and of their body. Yes. And in marriage particularly or or even in general I think women feel a little bit either self-conscious or maybe even you know they're the ones who are frustrated and they're like hey Mm -hmm. I want Mm -hmm. to be able to have sex whenever I want Yep. this is frustrating the idea that I have to abstain if I'm not in a place where I want to have kids Yep. Um, but I think those are things that are really important to explore and to take to prayer Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, and what can that teach us about God and and who he is, I guess? Um, but, I, but I just, I really, I, even heard a friend recently was talking about, you know, she's postpartum and her husband like wanted to have more sex than she was really interested in having mm-hmm. uh, because your postpartum hormones are kind of crazy. crazy. And yep. I just felt so bad because I'm like, you know what? NFP really encourages this mindset that you're in this together and that yes, it's a woman's body, Mm -hmm. but your fertility is like a joint thing. Um, And I think we as women, it is our body. And especially because of how secular feminists talk about it, men, Mm -hmm. I think they're, they think they're being respectful by saying, oh yeah, it's your body. It's your, you know, your Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And so we have to kind of overcompensate for that and invite them into it and say, no, I want you to know how my body works. Like I want to be having these discussions. Yes. Um, Yes. We have to lead the way Mm -hmm. in talking to our, our men about this.
0: Yep. I like that inviting in and how that like by inviting them in and like we we're just talking about before like how a woman's body reflects like the makeup of her soul and her charisms as well and how like bodily like we invite life into our, our womb like physically and how also like that reflects in our spiritual life how like we're inviting either whether it's our you know our spouse into a conversation about reproductivity and like how our fertility works or whether it's a conversation with a friend and we're inviting them in to discuss a, a subject but like how that is something that is is like interconnected that like inviting is interconnected through all like mind, body, and soul for women too. not just, you know, we can have babies too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's so integrated. And mm-hmm. that's something I love about our faith is that it really sees us as so integrated. Yes. It's not just, you know, you're not just a body. Um And I think that's really important for people to understand because that's that you'll hear that from but it's a pro-choice movement, like get your rosaries off my ovaries. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, Gotta love that one. <laughs> yeah. And I, and these things are hard. Yeah. That's that's something else I think we have to acknowledge is that these things are hard and people are on a journey and God walks with us. Jesus walks with us on that journey. Um, but keep exploring. And that's why having the Dear Edith component of them Catholic was so important to me is that, you know, if you struggle with something or if you just are not there yet on a church teaching, mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. But keep praying about it. Keep exploring it. Mm-hmm. Keep talking to your friends about it. Mm-hmm. Don't just settle. I feel like um, that's such a trick and that's such a a way of just, like, cutting off potential Is is the devil tricks us into saying, oh, well, I don't get that or I don't agree with that. So, you know, I'm just going to close the book on it. Yep and never maybe tap into all that the church can show us and teach us.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. I remember being in those in those women's and gender classes and how you know, probably 50% of the room was was not practicing Catholics and how when subjects about the Catholic Church came up where it was like, well, the Catholic Church, you know, is oppressive because they don't let women or don't think that women having access to artificial birth control is a good option and how for some students in that class that was like that close the book moment like you just mentioned like that was it like oh yep that's what the catholic church is and i don't you know don't know the reasoning behind it but if that's what it is then i'm i don't want a part of it or it's an opportunity like i had found it was to be like all right like why does the catholic church say that like we don't say things without a reason and so being able to dig into those like parts of the catholic church or parts of spirituality where it's like okay i don't understand it but i know there's an answer like i know i'm not the only person who has asked this question before
1: yeah yeah and i i think it's good to be honest too about the fact that it's really hard Mm -hmm. you know because people get discouraged when they see that and they're like oh well that's difficult Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the challenge i would put forth is yeah but it doesn't mean that it's not true. It doesn't mean that ultimately it's not better for women. Like in uh, Humanae Vitae, where Pope Paul VI clarified the teaching on birth control and mm-hmm. said, "No, we're not gonna, we're not gonna support it." Um, he predicted all these different things that you know, widespread use of birth control would increase divorce. It would increase the objectification of women. Mm-hmm. All these different things that have happened. Yep. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're um, living them. <laughs> Yeah, and I think, but so the piece, so so he was right about that. Um, but there, then we have to go to, to Pope John Paul, who is acknowledging that you know things are hard for women, and that we still need to work on advancing women. You know, I think mm-hmm. the problem is secular feminists again see that okay, when women have kids or women, you know, not having this ability to seemingly control their their uh fertility they can't be quote-unquote successful mm. and I think it's important as Catholic feminists that we acknowledge the problem but that the solution there might be a better solution for women yep because all the solutions we have right now yes they've allowed women to appear to be able to be successful but it's really only insofar as they don't have kids yep uh, Or if they do get pregnant, then they kind of have to have an abortion or they're stuck. You know, like, yep, we haven't actually made progress. And I think we need to talk about that. And the church has been calling for that. And so as Catholics, you know, you don't again, you don't have to call yourself a feminist. But I think we all are called to be aware of and work on these issues.
2: Mm Hmm. Mm
0: Hmm. I completely agree with that. Just from like. Job experiences that I've had, or even application processes that I've had where it's been very obvious that like you know if you're if you're looking to be a mom like this probably isn't the job for you like very subtly, and so it's like okay we've we may be able to you know vote and have all these opportunities and the great things that that feminism has allowed us to have as women, but there's still so much that needs to be solved in terms of like, okay, we're living with the results of birth control. We're living with the results of abortion and it's not what we wanted. And so, yeah, I think getting to the heart of those issues and keeping the conversation going is definitely something that needs to happen.
1: And to, to be confident in the church teaching is good for women. And the more stories, the more people you can talk to about their experiences who are living these things. I think you know, sharing stories is really powerful. Yep. If somebody says, well, you know, like I, I had somebody ask me one time, you know, they were on birth control and they were, they were learning how to chart because they were getting married. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Okay. I'm going to come off birth control, but what if I'm fertile on my honeymoon yep. and we like don't want to have kids yet? And I was like, you know what? There are people who that happens. Yep. <laughs> and you have a choice to make, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. You can, and that's that's the funny part too about NFT is that you're, it's still your choice actually. Yep. You're not mm-hmm. being forced to do anything, you know. Mm-hmm. You you're being, um, your choices are being respected. Yep. Um, the more you more you can share stories and and just let people know like, hey, yeah, you're not the only one. This is tough, but this is how we get through it, or this is how my friend got through it that's really helpful too. Yeah. Building that community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's one of women's strengths too, that I I feel like I've seen in the, you know, in the church, but even in like the workplace and stuff is that women have this predisposition to build community and to share knowledge. And even all these different like Facebook groups that women create online, that's such a, a superpower again, that we can tap into to support each other.
0: Yeah. That's so true. I love it. I love how those are like, you can see that worked out. It's not just like this, vague like abstract like oh yeah women can you know create community and how like instead it's like we're seeing through stories like actually women living that out and making it more accessible for us too because you can see that it does work like oh that's how the feminine genius is lived out in an everyday ordinary life too yeah Yeah, for sure cool so for the last question i'll ask (laughs) talking about the feminine genius this ties in really well how do you live out the feminine genius in your ordinary everyday life as a catholic feminist
1: I think the biggest thing is trying to make myself mm-hmm. holy and the, the best um, and most fulfilled woman that I can be. That's part of my vocation. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I heard a great explanation one time by Lisa Carter. She mm-hmm. has a talk on women that yeah, is great. It's we have it on on Fem Catholic, but you should definitely look it up there or elsewhere and she talks about how women have this ability to recognize needs
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, and be aware of persons and and their needs. And I think one of the most powerful ways to be a Catholic feminist is to do that in your own life and be aware of people and recognize their needs and and try to address their needs. Mm -hmm. And my creating Femme Catholic was on some level trying to do that uh, but even in my day to day life, I—it's it, challenging. It's—it's it's a lot easier said than done, especially in a world that's telling you, you know, work harder and longer, and mm-hmm. just focus on the next promotion, or just yep. focus on, you know, money, or um, or even like your own vanity I think Mm -hmm. stuff like Instagram can be really challenging because you're thinking about oh I want to post this or or, what am I going to post next or did she post instead of being present to the people around you um and even if it's through social media but recognizing the people behind the screens and people in your life and what their needs are Mm -hmm. I think that's a really really powerful way to live out your feminine genius. Um, so I try to do that. <laughs> I'm <am laughs> very much working on it. Um, but I think everyone can do that. And again, that's going to look different, you know? Yep. Responding to <laughs> needs on Wall Street, responding to needs at home, yep. <laughs> they're going to look different wherever <laughs> you are. But women all have that ability. To-
0: I love it. Well, thank you for all the work that you do through Fem Catholic. I know I have learned a lot through the articles that you've posted on Facebook and through that website. Thanks for coming on the show and sharing your heart and sharing your journey to to uh, recognizing the beauty of the feminine genius and how you live that out. So, yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much,
1: Chloe. I love all of your work, and uh, this podcast, I think, is a great great place to start conversations and elaborate on JP2's original letter to learn
0: thanks for listening to the episode you can find all of the show notes for this episode so that'll include samantha's website femme catholic a couple of the articles that we discussed and every one of the resources that she mentioned over at my blog which is called oldfashionedgirlblog.com if you have a couple minutes please just take some time to rate and review the podcast on itunes that makes it much easier for other listeners to find the podcast and searches um, and if you'd like to support the podcast, you can find me at Patreon. Um, so patreon.com slack backslash letters to women um, where you can support the podcast. So that's all we have for today. So until the next time, be not afraid.